So we've all heard of castles and stately homes having a white lady or a grey lady. But what about the green lady? What do we know about her? Well, let's go and meet her in this week's episode of Fabulous Folklore. Hello there and welcome to Fabulous Folklore, the podcast for all things folklore, occult and just a bit weird. I'm your host, Icy Sedgwick, blogger, fantasy author and your guide into these rather mysterious realms. I've got some rare things to show you, so come on in, take a look around, but be careful not to touch anything. These things sometimes bite. Well, hello there and welcome back to Fabulous Folklore with me, your host, Icy Sedgwick. It is December, it is currently throwing it down, so we haven't got snow yet here in the northeast. Well, not in my part of the northeast anyway, which is a constant source of disappointment for me. But as it is December, it is coming into that time when it's all things ghostly, or at least in my book should be. And that is why in December we are going to meet three different sets of ghosts. Now, it is only three episodes, even though there are four Saturdays in December, because I didn't think anybody would necessarily want an episode on Boxing Day. And I do also feel like I could do with a break, because I have been doing this literally all year. So yeah, I am having a break for a week over Christmas. Yay me! Anyway, so ghosts. Obviously, I think everyone listening to this, if you've listened to this for a while, you'll know that this is by far one of my pet subjects, probably along with the poisonous plants. I mean, everyone knows how much I love my plants. And I do love all things witchcraft, clearly, but ghosts are basically my first love. They were what got me into folklore, so I do have a real soft spot for them. So this particular episode originated as a blog post that I'd written because I'd done one on the Grey Lady of the Newcastle Assembly Rooms and the Theatre Royal also apparently has a Grey Lady and obviously I'd been talking about sort of Grey Man ghosts and things like that and then on Twitter I'd sort of said oh spectral ladies often appear as pink, white or grey because they're the ones that I've heard of most regularly. And then a few people were like, oh, what about green lady ghosts? And one subscriber to my email list, the lovely Laura, actually sent me a whole load of super useful information. And then that became the blog post that forms the basis of this episode. So what we're going to do is we're going to meet five green lady ghosts because, you know, I like to spoil you. And we're going to look at what the green lady is first and then I'll tell you some stories of them. And it's quite interesting because the green lady is often considered as being a bit more of a nature elemental than necessarily a ghost. So some people think that she's a bit more like a brownie, but they are seemingly almost entirely exclusive to the UK. For other people, there are some elements of crossover between the Green Lady and the Glaistig of Scottish legend. And the Glaistig is a form of spirit usually found in the Highlands. And the link with the name between these two different elements appears through an alternative name for the Glaistig. And I apologise in advance if I do mangle the pronunciation. But the alternative name is the Maiden Wayne or Green Maiden. Now, according to Fiona Broom, the Glaistig refers to women who were the mistress of a house. And these enchanted women, and I quote, dislike dogs, prefer to be alone, protect houses and favour fools and people of weak intellect, end quote. It's a slightly negative description, not going to lie, but these benevolent spirits actually protect a home and the family within. So in some ways there are some links with the Irish Banshee, but unlike the Banshee, when the family within the home moves on, the Green Lady actually stays behind and she then protects the next family to move in. So in some ways she's a lot more situational because she's connected with the land and property rather than individual families. And I think this is one reason why people tend to see her as a little bit more associated with nature elementals than other forms of 
spiritual woman, shall we say. Obviously, if you are interested in banshees, I do have a, an exclusive Patreon episode on those if you become a supporter of the show. That was my cheeky plug of the episode. Anyway, so the Green Lady. What's interesting about them, so obviously, as I say, they're connected with land and property. And farmers actually strongly believed in them, which again brings them into these quite close links with, with the land, as it were. And they actually thought that these spirits protected their cattle. So in these particular tales, the ladies would lead cattle to shelter before a storm broke so that the cattle were fine and they were safe. Or they would also stop them from being stolen, which obviously makes them quite useful. Why they've got such a thing about cattle, I'm not sure, but there we go. It's just something that appears in some of the legends. And there's also some legends, because as you can imagine, as with anything folklore, you often get lots of versions of the same thing. But in some of the legends, the green lady is also linked with water, and she'll turn up at someone's home, soak to the skin, and ask for shelter. If the family let her in so she can warm up, she then stays and protects their home. I can't actually find any mention of what she does if they say no, so I'm going to assume that she just moves on to the next house and doesn't do anything horrible. There's not any mention of, oh, and this happened to this this family and it was awful, so I can only assume that she just goes, meh, and then goes to the next house. But there we go. So, so far, so cool. She seems quite benevolent, quite protective, quite positive compared to some of the things that we've looked at on this podcast. But you're probably going, that's all well and good, but why does she appear in green? And in one version of the legend, the Glaestig was actually a mortal noblewoman. And in some of the tales, the fairies grant her wish to become one of them. And that's how she ends up in this green dress. And then in others, a fairy curses her and she ends up as an immortal being with the legs of a goat. And the flowing dress that she wears then hides these bestial legs. I've literally no idea why the dress would need to be green, unless it's just the link between fairies and the colour green. Which, incidentally, is why you shouldn't wear green at a wedding, because the fairies will steal you. But that's the closest I can come to between why the Glacier would wear green when she doesn't need to otherwise. And obviously there is the slightly more prosaic version and that is some people believe the spirit is simply that of a woman who died while wearing a green dress and then spends eternity sporting the colour. And I actually found it a lot easier to find examples of that latter interpretation. So without any further ado, let's go and visit five Scottish and Welsh castles that host a green lady. <laughs> Now we're going to start off with Stirling Castle, which does actually boast several coloured spirits, but we're obviously going to focus on the Green Lady here. And the most common version of this particular legend is that she was a servant to Mary Queen of Scots. And one version of the story bestows the servant with the second sight. And she has a premonition of disaster that makes her quite fearful for the Queen's safety. And in this premonition, she gets this idea that if the Queen were to sleep one night in the castle, she wouldn't wake to see the next day. So, as much as this is a bit of a strange thing for a servant to tell you, the Queen's grateful to the people of Stirling for their help in the past, so she allows the servant to actually spend the night in her bedchamber to watch over her. So she's like, you know what, fine, if you want to stay here, keep an eye out, check everything's fine, that's grand. And the maid goes along with it, because obviously it's a Queen, she'll do what anything she's, she's ordered really. And she likes a taper to hold the darkness at bay, but eventually, you know, between how long a day she's had and everything else, she dozes off. And it's the smell of smoke and the brightness of the flames that actually wake the servant up. And what's basically happened is the taper has fallen over and set fire to the bedclothes. So she gets up, obviously, in complete terror by what's going on. But then she struggles to wake the queen. Thankfully, and obviously we know this from history, she did manage to get her out of the room. But many people believe that the flames licking at her own green dress then caused wounds that she couldn't survive. That's the theory anyway. 
And this green lady has been seen around the castle and those who see her speculate that she's actually looking for her mistress. That's the most common version. The other legend says that the green lady was the daughter of a commander at the castle and she was actually having an affair with one of his men. When her father had this particular soldier shot, she threw herself off the Elphinstone Tower and then ends up wandering the castle, presumably looking for her, her lost love. Stirling Castle does also have a pink lady who walks from Stirling Castle to the Church of the Holy Rood. Some people think that she's a war widow looking for a husband, but then other people actually think it's Mary Queen of Scots herself. But if you are ever in Stirling Castle and you see any of these coloured ladies, don't look in their eyes because the legend notes that you'll never see another dawn if you do. So from Stirling, we are going to head off to Caerphilly Castle in Mid Glamorgan, Wales. And this was built by Gilbert de Clare in the 13th century. And, and Gilbert had married a French princess called Alice. And a knight, Grufford the Fair, had visited the castle and caught Alice's eye. And the pair became lovers until Grufford confessed the relationship to a monk. Now, the somewhat two-faced friar then told Gilbert about the affair, who sent Alice back to France and hanged Grufford. Now, uh, to be fair, that does actually make a bit of a change, because normally in these situations, it's the wife that's punished and the, the chap, something might happen to him, but, you know, at least he just sends her away. But obviously Grufford is hanged. And when Gilbert then sends word to Alice about her lover's execution, she drops dead of shock. Now, despite being in France at the time, her spirit now haunts Carefully Castle, clad in a green gown that some people believe represents Gilbert's envy. Now, if you do pop along to Carefully Castle, do pay attention to the ramparts because that's where most of the sightings do occur. So perhaps Alice still trudges back and forth, awaiting the return of Grufford's spirit. From Wales, we're going to head off to Aberdeenshire and Craves Castle, which is a 16th century castle which boasts its own green lady. And she paces back and forward in a single room near the fireplace. Sometimes she appears alone. Other times she's holding an infant and even Queen Victoria apparently noticed her when she was staying there and the Queen actually reported seeing a green mist float across the room and then it picked up a child-sized spectral figure and then the pair of them disappeared into the fireplace. If you've come across any number of ghost stories you'd probably go ah I know what's going on there and to be fair you could even be right but I should point out nobody actually knows for certain who she is and as with many female ghosts, some believe that she was a 17th century servant who became pregnant. Now, in her case, so the legend goes, she was this unmarried woman pregnant by one of the Burnett family who owned the castle. Obviously, this didn't give her a particularly great future. And perhaps it didn't give her a future at all. Because in the 1800s, workmen actually discovered the skeletons of a woman and child beneath the hearthstones during renovations. So you do have to wonder when she's wandering back and forward in the room. Is that indeed because that is where her remains were buried? Visitors know a sense of dread or extreme cold when they enter her room. And if she's seen, it can herald danger or even death for the Burnett family. So it is a tad worrying that a family in 2016 actually thought they might have captured her in the background of a family photo. There is a video from Visit Scotland so you can actually see what it looks like and I'll post a link to that in the show notes because it's really interesting. So if you want to see inside Craith's Castle and sort of see the room itself, you can do so by following that link. From there, we're going to stay in Aberdeenshire. I did tell you that these are mostly Scotland and Wales and we're going to go to Fivey Castle. Now, this one boasts a rather sad green lady and in the 13th century, Thomas the Rhymer, who we met ages ago, the seer and bard, who ended up spending some time in Fairyland after sleeping under a hawthorn tree, he predicted that no male heir would be born at Fivey. 
And for six centuries, this actually turned out to be the case. The only sons were actually born at other castles. So there were sons in the family, they just weren't born at Fivey. And according to legend, Dame Lilius Drummond arrived at the castle in 1592, but she only bore her husband, Lord Seton, daughters. And Lord Seton essentially decided he wanted male heirs, so he planned to marry a younger woman in his search to get one. And he basically starves Dame Lilius to death in the Douglas room. Other versions of the story say that he actually poisoned her. Now, either way, the legend further claims that scratching noises and heavy sighs outside the chamber window accompanied the wedding night of Lord Seton and his second wife. And the words D. Lilius Drummond had been carved upside down on the windowsill outside. And you do need to bear in mind that the window was 50 feet above the ground. So that's not exactly going to be easy to do from the outside. Now, the Setons did lose Fivey Castle to the Gordons, and they saw Lilias as a harbinger of doom, much like the Green Lady at Craves, and various family members died after sightings of the Green Lady, even as late as 1925. Some sightings report her figure bears a skeletal face, while others say only a normal woman. But in all cases, she does wear green, or she's accompanied by a green hue. Visitors report cold spots or overwhelming feelings of sadness in the Douglas Room, and quite frankly, are we surprised? Not really. Well, I'm not anyway. I mean, I'd quite like to go and visit actually and just sort of see see what's going on because she also sometimes announces her presence with the scent of rose petals. And that is something that you do tend to get with this particular type of spirit, whether it's the grey lady, the green lady, the white lady, whatever. There's often a sense of smell that goes with them. Lavender's quite common, so this one being rose petals is quite a nice one as well. It also, in a weird kind of way, I feel like makes it a little bit less terrifying than some of the others, but there we go. I do feel quite sorry for Lilias because she didn't actually do anything wrong. But there we go. We are going to be on to the final Green Lady of this episode of Skipness Castle that stands by Loch Fine on the Kintyre Peninsula. And I love this one. I think she's brilliant. So I've kind of like almost like kept my favourite one for the last one. The castle itself is really ancient and construction actually began in the early 13th century. But as you always get with castles of that particular period, later owners would then keep adding to the building, kind of clagging extensions on left, right and centre up until the 16th century. Either way, this green lady protects the entire house and has done so for centuries. So, and this is my favourite one. In one tale, a rival clan planned to attack the castle. But of course the Green Lady was there to protect them and she used her supernatural powers to confuse them. And no, none of the legends necessarily explain how that works. It's just the fact that this clan are approaching and they're just beset by such confusion that they completely scatter and leave the area. And their wits only return when they actually leave anywhere near the castle. They go, oh, what, what's going on there? Let's go back. And then the minute they try to go back to the castle, the confusion also returns. And I just think that's a marvellous sort of Almost quite a playful way of keeping keeping people at bay. So yeah, I really like this green lady. She's actually described as being child-sized with blonde hair. She's incredibly helpful. She often cleaned and tidied around the castle and even used to feed the hens. Although apparently she was ever so slightly obsessive and she almost killed a man for sleeping in the wrong bed, which I thought was quite funny. The castle has stood empty since the 17th century though, so I do have to wonder what is she getting up to these days? What is she doing to pass her time? So that does kind of add a slight sad air to the green lady i think the idea that if they're sort of tied to this property then what do they do when there's no longer anyone living there and i think because skipness is quite clearly ruined it's not like a national trust property where there's loads of staff pottering about that they can sort of stick their head in and say how are you doing 
I absolutely love the Green Lady stories because with these ones, there's all a sense of, apart from the last one, there's all a sense of the Green Lady actually being a, a real person who has either been wronged, in the case of Dame Lilias Drummond, or there's been some kind of horrible tragedy like the one at Stirling Castle, or they themselves have been doing the wronging, like Kay Philly Castle. And it's it's interesting that these particular four spirits from from everywhere except Skipness, the, the ghosts are all they're protective, yes, but we kind of almost have a name to put with them. Whereas the one at Skipness, she's she's just like proper bona fide nature elemental looking after the castle. So I'd I'd love to know her backstory if indeed she has anything more substantial than that. Obviously there are far more Green Lady stories than that. Obviously I can only cover a certain number in each episode obviously if you do know any others then please do feel free to let me know and I might expand the blog post if not the podcast episode but then again if we'll get enough of them who knows we might have a part two they are really really interesting and they do make such a nice change from the grey lady who nearly always just wanders around moaning after some kind of tragic end so it is quite an interesting thing to explore that is the end of the episode next week we're going to actually have a look at a completely different type of ghost and that's the civil war ghost obviously i am referring to the english civil war which technically is actually three civil wars that just happened really close to each other and everyone just gives it an umbrella name we are going to have a look at that obviously some of them involve battlefield ghosts and so on so that's quite interesting and we do get to meet the spectral king charles the first himself there's quite a lot of links between him and newcastle where i live so hopefully you'll find that one interesting as well and then we're also going to have a look at spectral monks because they're always good for a good ghost story as well so we're going to do that one it's going to be the last one in december before there's the the week-long break and then we jump into january so i am starting to take requests for next year i've already got a couple in for February so if there's anything that you would like to learn more about please do feel free to just shoot us an email grab us on Twitter whatever it um you can find me in most places um, I'm one of those people and just let me know what you'd like to hear I would like to remind you that you can also get bonus episodes as a Patreon supporter and any funds that I make from Patreon do basically pay for my time because these episodes do take anywhere between three and six hours a week depending on how much research and editing there is to do and it also goes towards all the back-end stuff like email marketing software and web hosting and stuff like that. So if it is possible for you to support and you'd like to, you'd be more than welcome to join the Fabulous Folklore family. So without any further ado, I would just like to say that I hope you enjoy Krampusnacht because that is obviously today. And I will see you next week for another episode of Fabulous Folklore. Cheerio! Well, thank you for listening and thanks for visiting Fabulous Folklore. I hope you enjoyed your stay. If you did, why not consider subscribing in your podcast app of choice? If you enjoy the show, why not leave me a review and help other listeners to find it as well? And if you'd like bonus exclusive episodes of the podcast, then why not support me on Patreon? It does help me to keep the show going and it means that you get a little bit extra every month as well. And you can find all of the necessary links in the show notes below. So without any further ado, I will bid you adieu and I hope that you have a safe travels wherever you're going on to next.